So today we celebrate the solemnity of the dedication, the 63rd anniversary of the dedication of this national shrine. And just this past Saturday, I'd uh, spoken about Gothic church architecture, and now I realize why I'm inspired to talk about that, because just yesterday, Father Anthony was telling me, uh, today is that anniversary. And originally, this shrine was dedicated in 1960. This frame I had just taken down the hall says, this shrine was solemnly blessed in honor of our most merciful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Blessed Virgin Mary immaculately conceived by His Excellency, Most Reverend Christopher Weldon, Bishop of Springfield, Massachusetts, on Memorial Day, May 30th, 1960. Notice how it doesn't actually say it was dedicated in honor of our Lord Jesus, the Divine Mercy, because what was 1960, what was going on then? The ban of the Divine Mercy devotion and message in 1958. And so you can imagine, in 1942, Father Joseph Yarzhambrowski, that Marian who received the Divine Mercy materials from uh, Blessed Michael Sapochko, Father Michael Sapochko, escaped, took him 11 months to get through uh, Siberia, Japan, the Pacific Ocean, the United States, get to the Marians in DC. Well, the Marians around that same time bought this property here in Eden Hill, and they started to spread what Father Joseph Yarzhambrowski brought with the Divine Mercy devotion. And in 19, or and originally, when this house was purchased then and the Marians were living here, the chapel was inside the house because this chapel wasn't here yet. And the original image of Divine Mercy that we had here at the shrine, which now is in the St. Faustina Chapel, uh, painted by a Mexican painter because there's no digital copies to print back then. You had to make a copy. That image was in our house, in our house chapel. Well, then in 1950, they started this, the construction of this chapel, this shrine for the Divine Mercy. And it took 10 years to build. And the architect was really not an architect. He was a carpenter, and he had no blueprints for this shrine. Everything was just in his head. And he had even, uh, you know, just marked out the foundation with posts for the construction company to come out, again, with no blueprints. And I was told that uh, one of the Marians, who was a novice at the time, you know, basically new to the community, was just looking at it at night and is saying, this foundation is way too small. So in, in, at nighttime, he expanded the posts of the foundation of this shrine. And it was too late in the morning. The construction crew came in, filled in the foundation according to the measurement of the posts, and the carpenter came, uh, the builder, and, and he noticed, you know, how much, uh, you know, bigger it was. And we're thankful for that novice for not asking permission because, as you can see, you know, some, some of you who come and visit are always surprised at how small the shrine really is uh, compared to what you see on the live stream or TV. And you know, 10 years it took to build with all the, the carpentry work. 
uh, all the, uh, a lot of Marians uh, helped out, uh, you know, even helping with some of the wood carving, uh, almost kind of an apprentice to this carpenter. And uh, Father Seraphim told me once that apparently whenever uh, near the end of the construction, the Marians hired someone to come and gild the wood. You can see all the gilding, uh, the, the, the gold paint. Uh, apparently the carpenter almost had a heart attack, that his, his carpentry was almost ruined by this uh, gold paint. Uh, so you can see, you know, there's different elements uh, that it took to build, but in the end, it came about. And originally, the Divine Mercy image wasn't here in the beginning. Again, 1960, the, the ban has taken place. Now, before the ban and the church was in use, but still a little bit under construction, uh, the Divine Mercy image was where St. Faustina's Chapel is. Because originally, too, that's where uh, the Sacred Heart uh, if you go into the St. Faustina Chapel, you'll see on the altar a uh, symbol of the Sacred Heart. And so again, Divine Mercy devotion is a continuation of the Sacred Heart devotion, that blood and water coming from the same Sacred Heart. So then after the ban was lifted in 1958, or 78 rather, uh, and the devotion is able to be promoted, eventually the image was moved here, the crucifix, uh, that was above the high altar is now there, and this uh, Divine Mercy image was placed here with the beautiful gold uh, frame. It's very fitting, though, how Mary, the Immaculate Conception, is so prominent because she is the greatest recipient of Divine Mercy. And that is also partly why this shrine, this chapel, is dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary, immaculately conceived. And you can see a lot of other elements, too, of the Marians' uh, charism with, uh, here we have the, uh, actually, I'll start off on this side, the founding of, a painting of the founding of the Marians, there with St. Stanislaus Papchinsky, our founder, uh, there with Pope Innocent XII back in the late 1600s, and then the renovation of the Marians in 1910. So this, this shrine was dedicated in 1960. That's 50 years after we were renovated by Blessed George when we were persecuted down to one member. And so we can see how the Lord had resurrected this small Marian community, especially to not only keep honoring Our Lady, but to promote the mystery of the Immaculate Conception par excellence, that great recipient of mercy. So the Lord re renovated the Marians, resurrected them to take on this great mission of proclaiming the divine mercy message. And that is why St. John Paul II confirmed for us that mission of sharing the divine mercy. And the uh, National Conference of Bishops here declared this shrine a national shrine in 1985. And so over the course of the years, as the Divine Mercy message has grown, there's been uh, a few changes. Uh, some of them are already shared, you know, from the original shrine being built here. And so now St. Faustina, 
after she was beatified, she had that chapel dedicated to her. And uh, so we have the St. Faustina, Faustina's Chapel there. And in there now, since uh, her spiritual director has been beatified, we have an image of him in there as well, Blessed Michael Sopochko. And then, of course, St. John Paul II, uh, the great mercy pope. He was canonized, and so now we have his relic and his statue here uh, on this side altar. And originally, that was dedicated to St. Stanislaus Koska, uh, that altar there, because St. Stanislaus Koska was the patron of uh, the former province uh, the Marians had here. And then on this side, now we have St. Stanislaus Papchinski, our founder, who was just canonized in 2016. Uh, and originally that uh, altar was dedicated to St. Therese. And now St. Therese, of course, who appeared to St. Faustina uh, a couple times, we hear in her diary. She's over here with St. Joseph Chapel, uh, along with some other elements of the Marians, kind of like the, the purgatory image. Again, St. Faustina seeing purgatory and seeing the great mercy. So a lot of elements coming together that tie well into the Marians' uh, community as well. What's so special about the Shrine of Divine Mercy is the fact that it emphasizes something that all churches should be. You know, all churches, as you know, I shared in uh, the past Saturday talk, what's so essential about a church and the way you build it is emphasizing that it is a dwelling place of God. It is a temple. It's where God comes to dwell, the maker of heaven and earth, the king of kings. So that church should, you know, show forth that kind of uh, the majesty of the place in which God comes to dwell. But what's so special about the Shrine of Divine Mercy is it highlights something that all churches should uh, you know, also do, and which you know, in, in function they are, is they are a place of mercy. They are a place in which the blood and water which flowed from the side of Jesus comes to give us life. And so we heard from our first reading from Ezekiel how he had a vision of water flowing out from the side of the temple, the right side of the temple, just like Jesus, who declared in our gospel reading, he is that temple and that blood and water which gushed forth from his most sacred heart came out from the wound from that spear in his right side. And so we see this prophecy fulfilled. And what does he say that this water, where did this water go? It goes out into the ocean, the salt water, and it makes that salt water fresh and it brings life so that all living creatures can multiply, they shall live. And all shall, you know, be abundant with this fresh water. And all the trees along where this water touches, they shall bear fresh fruit. They, their fruit shall serve for food and their leaves for medicine. Food and medicine. That's exactly what that blood and water 
which gush forth from the side of Jesus is. It's food and medicine. That water is what brings us life. And then that blood of Jesus, that's the body and blood of himself. He comes to feed us with this heavenly food to bring us eternal life. And he also gives us medicine with that water, completely restoring us to life with the water of baptism and confession. That medicine of mercy with the sacrament of penance. And so it's a great, uh, a great honor that we come to worship God where he comes to give us life when we partake in all the sacraments in the church. What's even more special, though, is not just the fact that God's church is a temple in which flows this mercy. What does St. Paul say in our second reading? He says, brothers and sisters, you are God's building. No one can lay a foundation other than the one that is there, namely Jesus Christ. He says, do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for the temple of God, which you are, is holy. So we, too, are God's temple. By that water that flowed from the side of Jesus, we are given a great grace, not only restored to life, but like Christ. We are made members of his body and made temples of God. God comes to dwell within us. And it is a great privilege, a great honor that God also comes to dwell within us. So that is why it is so important then to live out a holy life and to especially have uh, to foster the virtue of modesty you know, to, to be attentive in how we carry ourselves, our mannerisms, our language, the way we dress, all that matters because we are temples of God. And it's important to build up all the virtues in order to allow God's presence to really shine. You know, I mentioned in my uh, Saturday talk on Gothic cathedrals how churches are under attack, you know, in, in Europe, a lot of churches, especially in France, have been uh, burned. You know, in 2018 alone, there was almost a thousand churches that were either uh, attacked by arson or vandalized. In 2018 alone, just in one country, almost a thousand churches. In the United States, almost 300 churches in the past year. And a lot of times when we hear this in the news, it kind of rouses us up. You know, we're like, we need justice. Uh, we, we get upset. How dare they attack God's temple? Well. St. Paul says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. But he's saying this in reference not to just an earthly building. He's saying this in reference to us, temples of God. For the temple of God, which you are, is holy. How much more so, then, will that justice, you know, come upon us if we're the ones destroying that temple? For every time we commit mortal sin, we cast the presence of God out of us. God 
no longer dwells within us if we're not in the state of grace. In a sense, we destroy that temple, but God can raise that temple up again, just like he said in the gospel. God can raise that temple up even if it's destroyed. How? Through that blood and water, through the sacrament of penance. That is why Jesus tells St. Faustina, you know, the importance of confession. That's why he wanted his priests to preach about God's mercy so that everyone will come to experience that mercy in his confession. The greater the sinner, the greater right to his mercy, he says. And he simply wants us to experience his mercy so that he can come and dwell again within us. That is why he makes us his temple, so that we can have him dwell within us. And that dwelling is made even more real, more substantial in Holy Communion. And that's why he also wants us, and he would keep reminding St. Faustina, to make good Holy Communions, to go frequently, because he wants to come and dwell within us in an even more intimate and special way. And then what does this allow us to do? It allows us to be a conduit of his mercy, just like that stream of mercy comes out and forms into the ocean of mercy. The Lord wants us as his temples to allow that mercy to flow through, to allow those rays of mercy to shine through our hearts back to everyone around us. That is the great calling we have. And it's important then to also have that great zeal like Jesus had in our gospel reading today when he cleansed the temple. You know, he reminds us of that importance of keeping that temple pure. So that reminds us again to have that great zeal to be pure and holy, just like Jesus. And, you know, one thing that's interesting to think about is Jesus cleansing the temple, that doesn't seem like the merciful Jesus. It almost seems like a contrast, right? He's got his whips, he's, he's, he's driving out all the people and the animals, he's flipping the table, all the coins are scattering everywhere. It's a very dramatic scene. That's the merciful Jesus? Yes, that is the merciful Jesus. But mercy always comes with justice. Mercy and justice are not opposed. God is one. These are two different attributes. But God's justice, you know, is important because it, it is giving to each his due. And God is owed worship, not uh, disrespect and irreverence like what was happening in the temple. So that's why Jesus, you know, cleanses the temple. He has zeal for this justice. But then it's also an act of mercy at the same time, because it's first an act of mercy for those who were selling and making God's temple a marketplace, because anytime God chastises us, it is an act of love. It's an act of mercy. You know, the, in the book of Hebrews says, uh, those whom God loves, he chastens, he chastises. 
because he wants us to get back on the right path. It's not an act of mercy to allow someone to keep walking across a broken bridge if you know it's broken and they don't. You know, you want to let them know you're on the wrong path. So it's an act of mercy in that way, but it's also an act of mercy in this other way in that where was all this trading going on and this money changing going on in the temple? In the courts of the Gentiles. These Jews had taken over in the temple the very place that the Gentiles were supposed to come and be welcomed in the temple so they might come and worship God, the one true God. And instead, they had kicked them out and made this a marketplace. So it's an mar act of mercy that Jesus does there too because he is inviting everyone to come and experience God in his mercy and in his life. And he calls us to share in that, in being his temples and having zeal for his purity, his justice, and being a conduit of his mercy. And I mentioned, you know, how this shrine was also dedicated to Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Immaculate Conceived, Mary, the Immaculate Conception. Well, she is essential in becoming that great temple of mercy because she is that first mystical temple of God. She, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God came to dwell within her, incarnate flesh. God became man within her. And so she is that model for us to follow and it is by the mystery of her Immaculate Conception, which prepared for her to be that temple, it's by that same very mystery of the Immaculate Conception that we too are to be holy temples of God. And that's what St. Stanislaus, our founder, uh, you know, begins at getting at in his book, The Mystical Temple of God. Father Joe Roche is going through a podcast, going through that book. Uh, you can find that podcast or uh, if you want to, you know, go deeper into that, you can find the book uh, online at shopmercy.org in our recently released book, The Selected Writings of St. Stanislaus, a great book that talks about how we can become that temple of God we are meant to be. And it all is especially tied to Mary, the Immaculate Conception, because it was by her Immaculate Conception that God came to dwell within her, and it is by her immaculate conception, God also comes to dwell within us. Because at the very beginning, God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And so the immaculate conception is not only the root and source of the enmity between Mary and the devil, but also between us and the devil as well. We need her to be truly consecrated to God and to remain a pure and holy dwelling place so God can dwell within us and so that we might share his mercy to others, that we might shine those rays of mercy to all those around us. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. 
That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.